I invite Bishop to speak in a bit. I gave him advance notice, so I didn't just... Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what the Lord will do. Um, I'm also giving you that notice because I feel like I need to say a few things, and I always like it when he gets to clean up my messes if he has to. But I was just praying right here before service. Uh, this is not a premeditated thing by any means to me. But I was praying here before service, and I felt like the Lord said, you need to say something about COVID. And I thought, okay. Well, definitely not premeditated. Uh, but what do I say about it? I heard that loud and clear. I hope the rest is going to be as clear to follow because that would be great. <laughs> uh, but no, I felt like he said, well, say what you know. And not what you've heard, not what you've read, not what you think. Say what you know. Well, I'm glad he said that because that really narrows it down for me to, I mean, not much of anything. Because I could, any of us could get, get up here and give opinions uh, for the rest of the night or recount some stories that, you know, encounters we've had since last March or people, you know, attitudes we've heard or seen or any of those things. And I'm honestly not interested at, at this juncture in just giving you my opinion or my take on the situation uh, other than to just share what I feel like the Lord would, would like to share. But when he said, sh just say what you know, okay, well, what I know now is the same thing that I knew back in March at the start of all of this, loud and clear, I don't know, if, if I saw it one time, I had to see it a thousand times across uh, the country and especially just across the church and Christian community, the verse that says the Lord's not given us a spirit of fear. Now, just because it was said so many times doesn't uh, negate or downgrade it. In fact, I'm glad to know that so many people are at that frame of mind and starting there. Um, because the, the way that it came on so strongly, so swiftly, and out of an unknown uh, to reaching a level of a global pandemic in what seemed like a matter of days, that alone could very well, and I know that it did very well, produce fear in many people. And... If you at any time were afraid of the virus, or maybe even still are, or might potentially be in the future, I'm not here to judge you or make you feel bad for feeling a, a, a human emotion, right? Fear is akin to human feelings. But that verse is a verse in the Bible, and it's a spiritual truth in the Bible, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. So I get to stop and think, do I have a spirit of fear? Do I feel, do I sense, do I pick up on a spirit of fear? And if the answer to that is yes, I get to use that verse as proof of where it did not come from. It didn't come from the Lord. A spirit of fear. But he's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. So with a sound mind, if I'm looking at a situation such as a global pandemic, I'm still allowing, or at least my desire is to allow, the word of God to shape my thoughts on the subject. Now that's about all I know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't even read medical journals. 
I, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you the first thing about how this virus has been spread. I, I can tell you that we've heard so many things that it's hard to even know what's accurate anymore. But that's all secondary to me as a believer. That's, I, I'll tell you what else I know. If the Lord wants me to get sick, I'll get sick. Or, let me put it this way. If the Lord wants me to get sick, I want to get sick. Is there anybody that does not want to get sick if the Lord wants you to get sick? Because if, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, I'm not, I closed my eyes just in case. But I'm asking us to start there just for a minute and think. Who knows better about your health and your well-being, you or God? So if he wants me to get sick, I want to get sick. That's what I know. And I, I stopped myself because I said if he wants me to, sick, I'm, wants me to get sick, I'm going to get sick. Pretty, pretty good chance of that. But, you know, we can go to some pretty extreme measures sometimes to block the will of God from happening in our lives taking drastic measures to make sure that I'm in charge, that I'm in control. Well, there's this thing called an illusion of control, and if you're desperate enough to live with that, guess what? The Lord will let you live with that illusion that you are in control. You're really not. You're really not. But... If, you, if, I, if we get so desperate that I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen, I can live with that illusion. Now, the next thing I'm going to say is really, that was light. Because after I felt like he told me to say that, just right here before service, uh, he said, say what you know. And then he said, um, I want you to talk about masks, too. Oh, no. Not, I mean, really, Lord? We got to go there. And he said, well, just... Now I'm going to give you some liberty to say what you feel. Okay. Remember, I'm going to turn this microphone over to Bishop. So if you're shaking in your seat, just you don't have to shake too much longer. But he says, say what you feel. And what I feel, what I have felt many, many times over is that if I can put it this way, I'm just trusting you all to let me say what I'm feeling. You judge it. I see these people wearing masks, and there's a part of me that feels like the Lord is sad about it. And I don't know that I've ever really felt or picked up on a feeling from God such as that. Sadness. Really? You, you get sad? I mean, just change it. If you're sad about it, change it. But, and I, so I start to wonder why. What, what about it? Would, and I'm still wondering. He's not, he's not really giving me a lot of a lot more than that, except as I was, again, just praying here before service and I was having this little um, thought conversation with the Lord, here's where I, to me, this is how I know it's him and not me. Because these are other things I've thought them on and off. 
throughout the, the year. But he said, compare it to studded tires, snow tires. I thought, well, that's new. I'm listening. Because that's not me. I haven't had that thought one time all along. I said, okay, I can compare it to studded snow tires. I don't know much about them. He said, that's okay. Just share what you know about them. Again, good. I know that people put them on their cars as a precautionary step when they feel like they're going to encounter some conditions that warrant that precautionary step. I know that almost this entire state does not mandate anyone to ever put on snow tires. Never. I mean, you. but you know what I do know? They allow them for a season. I mean, quite literally a season. There's a date on the calendar that says you can put them on even if you live in sunny Yakima and it's 80 degrees outside. You can put them on on this date. I think it's around September usually. Okay, and you can leave them on well past the winter. Conditions might go away, but you know what? You have to take them off at this date. Why? Well, because if you left those studded tires on your car all year long and drove on our city and county roads and our state highways and the federal interstates, you're going to do a lot of damage to it. There would be a lot of damage done if every car in Yakima put snow-studded tires on and just, just during the season that they could. I mean, we'd have a lot of problems out there. Plus, it would sound like jingle bells. for about six months. But that's, it's precautionary. But I do know there are occasions when the conditions get so bad in certain areas that they will not let you travel there without some type of snow tire chains, studs, something like that. Why? Because it is so dangerous, those conditions are so dangerous that we have a, this is DOT, we have a responsibility to you and everyone else on the roadways to keep you safe. And so, you, did you know this? You do not have the legal right to drive over Snoqualmie Pass anytime you want. You do almost anytime you want, except when those signs are up there flashing, chains required. You lost that legal right. And the policeman can pull you over without the chains on your tires and write you a ticket because you broke the law. Uh, officer, two hours ago it was sunny and warm up here. It doesn't matter. The conditions changed. And we as the governing body set a rule. I'm going I'm to go back to this just, to, just for a second. If we left them on, if, not masks, tires. If we left them on all year long on every car, and we had all that damage done to the roads. See, I'm trying to not just entertain you guys. This is not fun for me, in case you're wondering if I'm having a blast. I'm not. But I'm trying to get to what the Lord is trying to say about this. What about this? Chain, how are masks related in any way to chains on a, on a car? The damage that could be done if it's a... Everybody, all day, all year thing. There's going to be damage done. 
And I started to realize, okay, this is, this is making a little bit more sense in my mind because I know, not I think, I know that if I tried to live 24-7 with a mask over my face, there's going to be damage done to me, mentally, probably physically. I said it before, I'm not a doctor and I'm not trying to find something to stand on here. But I know that, phys- that mentally there would be damage done to me. I, can't, I couldn't live like that. And I would dare say nobody could all the time. So, how does this relate to the studded tires, the chains on the tires? Does anybody make you put them on your car? Only, we already said this, only in certain conditions in certain places, right? Then you're made to. Does anybody make you wear a face mask? Only in certain places in certain conditions. Right now, currently, in 2021, right? That's when you're made to. Other times, it's very strongly suggested. On the past, a lot of times, it's traction tires advised, right? Now, you can, you can get those bald tires and floor it and spin right out if you want to under those conditions because you're exercising your judgment. Poor judgment in that scenario, but you're exercising your judgment. You are free to exercise that judgment. Isn't this so fun to live in 2021? Thank the Lord we made it through 2020. But it's like this party just keeps going, doesn't it? I use that term loosely. Most of us, it's not a party. But could it be, is there any possibility that the Lord is trying to teach you and me something as we're going through this season? Or is he just throwing us into a pandemic and saying, sink or swim, buddy? I don't believe that. I, I know that the Lord has a plan for all of us. I also know that the Lord deals with different people differently. What he does and says to me to get my attention and to teach me lessons is not the way that he deals with you and vice versa. So, I'm learning. I pray that we are learning. Lord, I'm open to learning whatever lesson you want to teach me. And I'm thankful for the freedoms and liberties that you give me in this life. I'm thankful for them. We recognize those things, right? And we're thankful for them, what we have, while we have it. Thankful for that. No better time to be alive. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for all your goodness to me. I thank you that you would teach me, Lord, and speak to me. I I thank you that you would walk throughout every day beside me and and leading me and guiding me. If If I choose to let you, Father, you would guide me through every aspect of every day in my life. And I'm thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful for the leading of your hand. I'm thankful for the leading of your hand and the leading of your spirit. 
Lord, I'm praying right now that my ears would become extra sensitive to your voice, to the touch of your spirit, Lord, to the impression of your spirit. I'm praying increase my sensitivity. Just like the song says that we sing, let us become more aware of your presence, God. Let us know the things that you would speak to us. Let us know the will that you have for us, every person, every individual here, God. I know that your hand is upon each life. I know that you are doing great things, Lord. I thank you for loving me. Come on, just offer some thanks to the Lord for a minute. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I get to be alive in this day, in this time. Lord, I thank you that you've chosen me for such a time as this. I thank you, Father, that you've put me into your kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, I'm thankful for this church and this congregation, this body, Lord. You've Put us into this kingdom for this time. Lord, you, I know it's by your leading and by your direction that you have established the work, God, that you are doing here. And I'm thankful for it. I acknowledge it, God, as the leading of your hand, and I'm thankful for it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray you're covering over every home right now. I pray you're covering over the mind of your people right now, Jesus. The spiritual covering that comes from you. Lord, I pray it over our minds right now so that every thought, Lord, would be in subjection to you. Only the thoughts that you would allow us, God, to think and to dwell on. I'm praying against every outside influence right now in Jesus' name. I'm praying against the work of the enemy that would seek to detract from the work of the church, that would seek to divide the work of the church. I take authority over that spirit right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I loose the peace of God to flow over your people. I loose a spirit of love right now, God. I loose a sound mind over every one of your children. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Unlawful assembly. Unlawful assembly. Just let that register. I'm not going to talk about it. I just want you to let those words sink in. Unlawful assembly. In our generation, in our country, we associate that with a riot. Not anymore. You watch as time passes. You will still hear that word. Unlawful assembly. And it'll take on new meaning. Acts chapter 12 at verse 1. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Wow, what a dynamic, what a time to be living in. You think 2020 was tough. The highest authority in the land took aim at the church. And with a sword had James killed. The Lord was probably on vacation that week. 
it got by him. But he got home quickly once he heard Peter got locked up and was in jail. And they were going to take his head. Now, of course, that's not true. Of course. When a young man by the name of Stephen found himself in a conversation with a bunch of religious zealots, and at once the Holy Ghost inspiration came upon him and he made a statement to them. Why do you always resist the Holy Ghost? Well, that rose the heckles on the back of their necks and they picked up rocks and began to throw them at him again. The Lord was out on leave. And before he could get to the situation, so many rocks had hit Stephen, it killed him. No, that's not true, is it? It was Stephen's appointment. He went out in glory. Young man, young age, went out in glory. James. Time was up here. On into eternity. <laughs> Life being but a vapor on this earth. The short season was now over. And he went on into glory. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Fearing of death binds us, locks us up. Yet we all have an appointment. God knows. You ever have a near miss? How many has had a near miss in your lifetime? You look back over, you got a few stories you could tell. That you look at, wow, that was a close call. <laughs> Anybody not ever have a near miss? Nobody. I left here the other day, headed down First Street. Dylan and Brandy were with me. And uh, all at once, there was a commotion in front of us. Big Chevrolet pickup shot out from a side street. Two older men driving it. There was a Mercedes that had just accelerated out of the light. He hit him broadside. And that put the Mercedes coming right at us. And he was right there. I was looking at the guy and he was looking at me. Well, I hit my brakes. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but he, whew, he missed us and went off into the lot over on the other side of the street. We sat there for a minute. I looked over. He got out of his car. He was madder than a hornet. He just totaled his Mercedes. The two older gentlemen in the pickup, they were in shock. What just happened? I hit the accelerator and just drove on. Went about my day. It was a near miss. Wasn't my time. Wasn't Dylan's time. Must not been Brandy's time. 
There was literally nothing I could do to avoid that situation. You've been in one of those. And they hit. And then there was an insurance payoff and you went to college. And we act like sometimes the Lord doesn't know there might be something after us. He knows. He places angels charge over us. I wondered, you know, what that particular angel looked like that day when he went. That poor Mercedes Benz probably stripped his tires. I am telling you, he was right there. Now, It was no big deal. I'm 63. I've had a lot of those through my life. And none of those situations ever took me out. Harmed me in some great way. You know, I, I, when I was fully in charge of my life and running my life, and at a young age, 19... I was going down Yakima Avenue, and I fell asleep, ran off the road. Hit, I heard the bushes hitting the side of the truck. Those bushes aren't there anymore. And I turned the wheel really quick, a little Toyota pickup, and it launched me sideways in the air, right down the median, okay? Do you know what was in the middle of that median? Two-foot steel irrigation risers. My window was down. I had dirt on my hip, my shoulder, because that's what I was hitting as that truck was rolling. And I went past four irrigation risers, and not one of them got me. I crawled out of the windshield of the pickup, got on the freeway, and thought, what in the world just happened? There were two cars on a ramp. They came down on the freeway, and I was out there doing this. Well, they were racing. They didn't have time for me. Down the freeway. But you have situations in life. Thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord right now. Our life is in His hands. Come on, our life and our death are in his hands. We can trust him. We can lean on him and not to our own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of our ways and he will direct our path. Peace. Peace with God. Peace with God. I, uh, you know, there's times when I get asked to speak and there's an inspiration that comes uh, beyond what I've already said. But, and there's other times when there's something that just remains with me and everywhere I go, I talk about it. Well, I'm just going to take a few minutes here and I'll just tell you this is one of those times. Okay. Acts uh, chapter 2 I think I'll start at verse 40. Acts chapter 2, of course, is the setting of the Holy Ghost outpouring. They were believers that were waiting on him. Seven to ten days, fasting, praying. Of course, they were human beings, so I'm thinking they probably talked a little bit, sat around. And maybe some of them left the room. I don't know. There was about 120 there. And at some point, the Spirit of God manifested itself in a special way. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, because it was a feast of Pentecost, there were many Jews there from many nations, which spoke many languages. 
And uh, they asked what in the world's going on. Peter stood up in the midst of them, began to speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost. That meant God was leading him and the things he was saying. And there was that one moment when he reached back to this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And so that happened. And so this, uh, at verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. The Bible says that he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That doesn't mean he just gave us the word, R-E-C-O-N-C-I-L-I-A-T-I-O-N. Did I miss any letters? I don't know. Reconciliation. Uh, Be ye reconciled to God. That's not the only message that he gave to the believers. But it is the fact that he puts in our heart, he puts in our spirit, he gives us spiritual utterance. That when we come into contact with people, we can begin to communicate with them. And there is a spirit of witness that will draw them unto God. It will cause conviction to come into their spirit that they will begin to call out to him. We have been given the word that reconciles. That leads people to him. It's not just verbiage it's not just vocabulary it is spirit inspired now he said save yourselves from this untoward generation he had given to them the formula or the reply to the question men and brethren what should we do Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, it's promised to you, to your children, to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that summarizes the reply to the question, men and brethren, what do we do? And so he goes on to tell them, respond to this. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now, if there was ever in America a time when we are in an untoward generation of people, it's now. People are looking now. Whether they vocalize it or not, people are looking, wanting, wishing for Waiting, hoping, wondering what to do. Now, I will say sometimes the last thing they needed. No, I won't say that. Thank you, Lord. Then, then, they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day they were added to them about 3,000 souls. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. And in fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All that believed were together and had all things common. Now, somebody the other day said to me, you use that term a lot, that we should have all things common. Of course, they were referencing the the congregations of Life Church, and so they assumed what I was saying was is they should all be alike. Oh, no, 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 no. That just means we're sharing in all the resources. <laughs> all things common, sharing in the resources. <laughs> Acts chapter 4, not all alike. We are all distinctively different. Okay. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men 
as every man had need, and they continuing daily and with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And so I want to just make a few comments around this particular scripture uh, and these references to the early church that grew so rapidly they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. They were meeting in the temple and they were going house to house. They didn't just go to the temple and live their life at home entirely different. There was a dynamic and an element of what took place in the temple, as does today. And there is a dynamic and a dimension that should take place at home and from house to house. We have, uh, we have observed and we have participated in in various groups that we've named in many ways, small groups, care groups, fellowship groups, dinner groups. And, uh, and then also we have built around the dynamic of a worship service and what we have come to known as the church service. Okay? The church service usually involves an edifice a gathering place, a building of some kind because we want to bring as many as we can into this building and then we like and enjoy the worship uh, as we go into service, the prayer and the worship which takes musicians, instruments, uh, microphones, uh, sound system and now a camera, voice. A lot involved. Parking lot, hopefully. A lot of people, teachers, preachers. Quite a shebang. And we love it. I love it. Do you love it? There's some things that I have experienced in worship service that I have experienced in no other place in my life. And so it is of great value. And I have observed that people who have come into contact on a job and then came to dinner at a home, stayed over for a reading of the Bible, maybe sharing of some testimonies, and then to be brought into one of these and have... Great experiences. It really, sometimes it takes effort to commit to doing things in your home. Now, I think every home ought to be a, a house of prayer. I think every home ought to have prayer. It ought to have Bible reading. And I'd hope that some more would have fellowship around those things. There's been seasons when we had care groups going everywhere and it didn't take long and some people would get tired and hosting a fellowship or a meeting, a house meeting was quite a deal. The preparation before, the cleanup afterwards, dragging chairs from everywhere for people to sit down. And so sometimes these things wane and there's an ebb and a flow. And... Sometimes during times of, uh, let's go ahead and borrow this word, normalcy. You know, we can give it or take it. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, some people really love it, some people not so much, you know. Unlawful assembly. There is a dual dynamic. There needs to be a dual dynamic and a dual uh, concept. We can't do it all here. 
we can't repeat this over and, well, I mean, we can do it on a schedule basis. We can't come up with more properties. All the resources that we just talked about in order to be the uh, replication process down through the valleys here, it, it, it's, it's nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible. So what is the model? What is the model of reach? See, this has its place. But then again, if this place was to become unavailable, we could still rent the Yakima Convention Center. My, my point being is, is you can periodically rent places for the big shebang. Life Church United. Bring all the congregations together. We can do that. We've done that. But as far as using that model to advance the cause of the gospel around these valleys, are this area, this, this city, this neighborhood, and all where everybody comes from. I don't know if you realize this. We recently mapped out Life Church Union Gap. There are no members of Life Church Union Gap that live in Union Gap. It only denotes a meeting place. Hallelujah. Because we are temples of the Holy Ghost. And we are everywhere. Let me say something to you. We have agreed to participate in this meeting schedule down in Prosser. Right? For years. I don't know how many years it's been. But it goes back to the years that when I would come over and uh, Brother Oscar Mays would hand me the microphone and say, say something. And the Holy Ghost would come on me and I would start talking about and calling out from Tyaton to Prosser. You remember that? Through the years, from Tyaton to Prosser. In other words, the things that I began to feel immediately back then... God was going to do something in such scope it would involve from Tyaton to Prosser. That came back to me the other day when we were agreeing to go down to Prosser and participate in whatever's going to take place. Now, that's a sidebar. The, the, we have got to allow to come into our concept the dual model. We cannot build everything around a church service. We can't build everything around a church service. God moves in a mighty way in, in whatever it is that we, we do here. But because this, we cannot replicate this in a speedy fashion. Especially when it, or if it becomes necessary. But the model of going house to house, whether it's a Bible study, a dinner invitation, uh, a time of coming together and just reading the Bible. Don't underestimate the value of the Bible being the teacher. The Word of God as we read it, letting it teach us. There are no qualifiers for that. We don't need any uh, special person except a host that says, please come. We're going to read the Bible tonight. I, uh, I said this on Sunday. I'm going to say it probably everywhere I go for the next couple of weeks. I'm encouraging everybody to make some considerations about their own place, their own house, or their own time. Whether it's in your house or you agree to go to meet with somebody. Prayer, the word, fellowship. Do you realize spirit-filled believers? Spirit-filled believers have spiritual unction. Okay, when we just agree to meet somewhere for anything, a time slot, within that time slot, ministry is going to take place. If we walk in communion with God 
and we agree to meet somewhere and we just begin to talk. Somebody's going to ask a question. Somebody's going to make a statement. And it's not going to be long. It can happen over the phone. It's not going to be long, but there will be a flow of spiritual ministry. It didn't take a piano. It didn't take a drum. It didn't even take another building. Ministry takes place. When ministry takes place, the spiritual body are are edified. We leave edified. We leave built up in the Lord. House to house. That was the model in Scripture. They continued daily in the temple and from house to house. I just want to leave this with you. Embrace that thought and that concept In your mind. Because everybody's lifestyle is a little different. Everybody's setup is a little different. And so the application changes. Wait on God. For the application in your situation. Amen. Unlawful assembly. Some of you have uh, mentioned to me, my house is available. If you still feel that way, or if you do feel that way and you've not mentioned it to me, I'm asking you to do so. Uh, we're not going to all crash your place. We'll do things orderly and respectfully. But I've been feeling this for some time now, and this goes for our our members that may see this online that are not here tonight as well. Anybody that is willing to say, hey, whatever, you know, whatever we can do, my house is available if you want to do something along those lines. It start, it, that's a good place to start. Amen? Why don't you stand? I want us to pray and get these things that the Lord has shared with us into our spirit. Lord, I receive what you're doing here tonight what you're speaking here tonight. I recognize that I have a part in this, Lord. Each one of us has a part in this, the things that you are speaking here tonight. Lord, I'm committing myself to your service, to your kingdom. I'm committing myself, Lord, to follow after the leading of your spirit. However you would lead me, God, whatever you want to do in me, in my life, in my family, in our homes, Lord, we're open and available to you. Jesus, we wait on you for the unction of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we believe in you that you will give us words to speak in the time and in the fashion that they are needed. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Thank you all. Love you. Greet one another.